0: What's up warriors? I'm Kaylee and I'm Betsy and this is the Not Your Mama Pod. The Not Your Mama Pod are not experts of anything but talking. If you need medical or professional help, we do encourage you in finding the appropriate resources. Please know we are just speaking of our experiences or of the experiences of other and have no medical degrees. What's up, guys? We are coming in with a very special guest. Dr. Karen Snow is with us today. She has an amazing book for any stage of infertility called Infertility Lies. B and I are both big fans. We got to read it thanks to Karen. And so we are honored to have you on the podcast to share your book of our people, our friends from afar. And we're just so honored to have you here. So Karen, why don't we give you the floor, let you introduce yourself a little bit.
1: Thanks so much for having me. It's always nice getting to know um, different people. And yeah, thanks. Thanks for sharing information on my book, too. Yeah, I'm a naturopathic doctor in um, Ontario, Canada, and along my journey of helping other people. I was the one who needed help um, along my journey of trying to conceive and build my family. So yeah, it was just like an interesting change for me when I went from like being the, being the person helping to then the one requiring help. Um, I went through a season of infertility, which ultimately um, did not lead to a pregnancy and, and a baby, but it did lead me to my family. So I'm grateful for the the journey that I went on. Uh, but it's still recent enough that I can empathize with all of the stages and the impact for those who are going in the thick of it right now. I'm on the other side, but have deeply been in it and understand the complexity involved.
0: That's actually one thing, like the first thing I had written, and I think I DM'd you a little bit. I said, this book feels so second nature to me. It's like everything this book is something I've experienced, or I just about to go through or whatever it may be. And it's probably the biggest compliment I could give a book because it truly Mm -hmm. feels like somebody else sees me and understands me. And I'm not alone. Like, it's not a new concept. I'm not going to read a textbook or learn something new. It's like, okay, yes, this is what I'm Mm -hmm. doing. This is how I felt. This is like, like you've Mm -hmm. been
2: there. This is your story. Like it's very relatable. So I agree with that for sure. That feels good and, to hear. Hi, Karen. You? Sorry, I had to hurry up and get up because my dog decided to <laughs> run out of here as soon as you started talking. Of so. course. Hello.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's such a compliment to hear you say that because that's exactly my intention in writing the book. I in Along my journey, I kind of just realized, hey, we're, I'm sitting in this clinic that's bustling with people. All of us are kind of just tucked away doing our own little thing but yet we're experiencing the most intense thing ever Right. Yeah. no one's really talking about that part of it i'm like i've had my needs met as far as medical and you know additional medical care but as far as the emotional component of it i, I felt pretty alone and felt isolated yeah. and i was like i don't want other people after me to feel this way because we're all feeling it i just want to put i needed to put words to the experience in a way that 100%. I had, like, had that provided to me.
0: Yeah, that's. Yeah, I think we, that's the whole reason we have a podcast is because we got sick of feeling like we aren't allowed to talk about it. And then the more and more we made friendships, we're like, wow, there's so many of us. We all yeah. relate, but no one's saying a word. Yeah, so I was many. gonna say
2: the same thing. Like we talk often about the importance of connection and like not feeling alone. Mm-hmm. And so many of us had have had, not the exact same journey, but have gone through many of the same exact things and ended up in very different ways or similar ways. Um, So it's just really interesting to see how everyone's so connected yet you don't talk about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And how good it feels when someone just says like, I understand like your emotional experience that you're going through is validated by someone else. It's just that alone is like a healing part
0: of the journey. For sure, I wanted to make note just for the audience that I read this book after my infertility journey, um and I think there's a lot of the to be seen and the experience and all those benefits, but I do also think there's a lot of points in this book, like your questions and your following along and your your thought points where if you were still in the infertility struggle, you could gain so much out of it that the rest of us maybe had to stumble through and then look back and go, "Oh, that's the lesson so it's really for any stage you're at, you can find value in this book, which I think is so beautifully done by you.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I know. I wrote it like in looking back mm-hmm. on my experience and yeah, I'm just like, oh, if I could, j- I just want to make this process, not that it, it can't be easier, but just okay. maybe a tool, a tool um, kit to just help with the processing as you're going through it. Like my experience was, I was kind of did a lot of the processing afterwards when I had that Space, yeah, Um, but yeah, just like that companion as you're as you're progressing through the experience of infertility,
0: for sure. So I think the opening segment um, sounds so familiar. It sounds like so many of my friends. I unfortunately did not go through any IVF or IUI treatment. um, Made my own choice on that, but the the relatability to you being at I think it was a. Foo Fighters concert, right? But you're at a concert, you have to sneak away into the bathroom to go give yourself the treatment. Even hit home for me thinking about, you know, waking up at night, taking vaginal temps, tracking your cycles, doing all the things. So I thought that was kind of a beautiful and very vulnerable open to your book. I I honestly just kind of want to thank you for sharing it because I don't feel like a lot of people are that transparent.
1: Thank you for saying that. Yeah, it's interesting. As I was going through it, I didn't feel comfortable sharing anything. Like yeah. I felt so like, you know, oddly, like looking back, like oddly ashamed about my experience. I'm like, here, I, you know, I help people for a living. I shouldn't be the one needing help, but if we were all human, it was such a, it was a humbling experience in that way. And so afterwards looking back, I felt quite comfortable sharing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I will always remember that concert, it was the Broken Leg Tour. <laughs> and- we love
2: we love a Foo Fighters in our house Yeah. Too, yeah. So. <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, and I'm just, like, thinking to myself, I'm in this stall, injecting myself, and, like, it was just, like, wow, I never imagined life would bring me to this exact moment, but here we are.
2: For sure. I, and I know so many people, like, hate the phrase, things happen for a reason. I do believe that things happen for a reason, because I would also would not have talked about my journey. if. Yeah. yeah say I would have ended up with a pregnancy I probably would not have would not I know I wouldn't be here I know I would not be talking about um my issues so freely my infertility my uh ending of childlessness childless yeah
1: no <laughs> so I was like
2: <laughs> so <laughs> no I I definitely think that there were reasons for all of the things in my life specifically to happen and so it's really interesting to see hear you say that. Yeah. Like that you weren't comfortable talking about it then, but you are now and you're helping so many people. So that, that's really
0: cool. I do the same thing. Me and B talk about it a lot. I now really am specific about the parts of my life I share because I feel like they're so such these vulnerable areas, you know, my chronic illness, my body not working, my infertility, my miscarriage, like these are pieces of me that almost destroyed me. So the fact that I feel comfortable being so open and sharing that so that the next individual maybe has a virtual hug. There's other parts of me now that I pull back on and say, you don't get all of me. And it's a very healthy engagement. I do think it, it can shape us in the better once we, you know, survive. Yes.
1: Yeah, and I think like coming from a place of healing, like speaking from a place that you've had time to process and heal, helps the dialogue be more like solid instead Absolutely. of like you're processing the emotions while you're communicating and you're figuring it all out and feeling jumbled about it.
2: For sure. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you don't know what you're feeling at that time. Like, yeah, I don't remember a chunk of my infertility years, which I know yeah. is me like trauma blocking things out
1: yeah
2: but it's just crazy to think about like because at that time I only had one goal like my goal was I'm going to get pregnant like no matter (laughs) no matter what and then um just how different my life changed as I healed and as I progressed so yeah it's just infertility is rough rough is the correct (laughs) and gentle word
1: for it yeah it's disorienting and it's neat to hear yeah, everyone like goes through their process and ends up where where they're gonna be, and yeah. it's neat to see that even in different scenarios, like mm-hmm. you're talking about, your healing in that process, and there there's healing in you going through your infertility journey, and and then landing in with childlessness, like that's, and you're talking from a place of healing. It's cool. Yeah, for sure,
0: it really is. So your book. Yeah kind of talks about that talks about the different seasons in life I post or talk about this all I call them chapters because I'm a little bookworm but you go through I think when you go through trauma or experiences you you if you're healing I guess you kind of categorize it right and you kind of look forward to the next chapter so I love that you talk through the different seasons and the storms that you may go through um I think within the first like 50 page you even talk about like learning lessons of working harder doesn't always equal the result and kind of just really placing it all out there so before we jump into a couple of the lies i thought we kind of look at that section and get just get your two thoughts about seasons and how that helps you on your healing journey and how it might be a good tool for somebody else
1: yeah when i was processing it and from that perspective it's just we know that seasons always change when you're in infertility it feels like you're never going to get out of it it feels just like this vortex where everything like you're being sucked dry from every angle and it's so all consuming that it feels like it's never ending and so then in the context of a season knowing that yeah this is happening and this is hard this level of heart is not going to exist forever like this will change this will shift this will move and it i won't be here forever
0: yeah I think that's a good yeah. life lesson, like in general, mm-hmm. we talk about it b and I all the time about how we actively choose to try to be positive because yeah. life is hard for us, but you know we want to enjoy it, and it's kind of that same concept of we understand that whatever we're in will pass, but we're gonna make that active change to go ahead and go to the next season we're we're going ahead and moving there before our bodies or our time frame, says it, because after you've survived a few of them, you know like. Okay, time to keep moving. Time to get out of this low, right? Yeah,
2: Yeah. I think uh, a lot of that is like very PMDD specific, like that you're referring to. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, it definitely is a good lesson for every aspect of life. Like there's always an opportunity for growth in Mm -hmm. a different chapter or a different
0: season. So um, I like that whole analogy a lot too. For sure. And then you go into this section about lies. And I'm going to tell you, there's, I think, 10 lies, right? Every single one of them is one we've either experienced, talked through on the podcast. Like, again, this book is so spot on with anyone's journey with infertility. It's insane to me. So Mm
1: -hmm. I figured
0: we could talk through a couple of them. I really want to make sure we spend a lot of time on the later chapters of the book and how it helps people heal. Um, And the one that I flagged is, infertility is not a lone journey. Cause that one, I don't think we spent enough time talking about.
1: Yeah. Like it's so interesting how, yeah. So many people like in Canada, I think it's one in six couples right now. So it's like anywhere you turn you're bumping up with these people who have either gone through the experience or are going through the experience. It's so common. The fertility clinics, there's wait lists because they're full, like everything's full. So it's so common but it feels so lonely still because within our own individual like circles you might be yeah. the only one you're one of a couple and then not all your other friends are having kids and feel like they're zooming past you and so it's this isolating journey Absolutely so it's been it took me a long time to connect with um like a fertility support group in our area and once I got there, I was like, I had all these nerves going into it, which was so interesting looking back. It's all interesting looking back. But um once I stepped in, I'm like, oh, everyone just gets it. We don't even have to say anything. We're all just here. Wow. We're all here. We all kind of get it. And now we can yeah. now we can just help each other and support each other.
2: I think a lot of that is also that we don't talk about it. So um you you know, I, there are, there were not, there was not anyone around me that I knew that was going through infertility stuff. But I yeah. wonder if I would have spoken up at that time if somebody could have connected me with someone else and been like, hey, I know this person. Like, maybe you should go talk to them, whatever. So um, I think like learning to speak up about it earlier is such an important thing that I wish I would have been able to do. And I was not.
0: Yeah. I don't think I truly started to heal until I found people that understood my pain. For sure. Yeah. As simple as it is. And I think that's why I will always have a presence online or with the podcast, because the connections I can make with people who are coming out of infertility because of my story, a lot of times accepting childlessness, um, it's just that hug that I I wish I would have had. I wish I would have not been alone during it, right? Yes. And so learning the value of friends that can support you, that automatically have the empathy that you don't have to explain your situation. Cause the yeah. last thing you want to do, you're going through infertility treatments. You're mourning your losses. You're mad at your body. And then your best friend comes over and they go, oh, I don't get it. Yeah. I, I don't have yeah. the energy. Or they're <laughs> like, oh, Hey, I'm pregnant.
2: <laughs> or pregnant, pregnant. Like,
1: cool. Hey. Yeah. Now <laughs> so happy for
2: you. Yeah. Uh, and we are, we genuinely are happy for you, but we're sad <laughs> for us at that time.
1: <laughs> and we don't want to express it in front of you. So yeah, you, so. you.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Karen goes through 10 different lies at the end of each one. Um, there's some thought provoking questions to try to get you to dig a little deeper, maybe find a way to understand your spot in it or a move forward action item um, things like infertility doesn't mean you're stuck. That you're not inadequate. That infertility doesn't have to be your identity. There's so many good gold mines. The last one I highlighted, I want to talk through because I'm assuming you may be a little Type A like me. Just reading uh, your book, yeah. that, uh, kind of on you the line, work... yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, I the last one that you can't work harder to yeah. achieve your goals, and I think those are also things that. I want to remind people that whether you end up with a positive pregnancy test or not, it's not your fault. You couldn't have tried any differently, right?
1: Totally. It's huge. Because so much in life you can, like you can work harder and you can get the result you're looking for. A lot of the things that we engage in, like I'm going to train and I'm going to be faster on the 5k runner, whatever. I'm going to really study and I'm going to get a mark on this test that I'm looking for. So, so so much of the of life can be like that, and I'm such a goal oriented person that it's and yet yeah, type A person. I'm like, yeah, that that works pretty well for me for the most part. Yeah. Um, and then it didn't, and it, I think it took me a while to figure out like what I literally felt like I'm smashing against a brick wall over and over. I'm like, I literally don't know what to do with myself. In, until I figured it out, I'm like, oh my gosh, I cause nothing I can do, can do, can do anything more than what's going to happen. So I'm going to follow the instructions of the healthcare team I have and I'm going to do that. Exactly. And I did. And then there's a surrender that happens too. Like that was like, probably my most impactful learning point was just, this is what I'm doing and I'm surrendering the outcome. And I don't think that was the turning point for me for starting to be okay. Like yeah. just releasing that I have any ounce of control beyond what I was already doing, for sure. I had to release that to then be okay. And start transitioning towards like truly accepting and kind of like, okay, whatever is actually meant for me and my family, I have to let that be.
0: I think I connect with that so hard. I am definitely like, I I think I'm the bull in the China shop, sometimes even in our group chat. Cause I'm like, okay, let's go fix it. Let's, let's handle this. Let's go forward because I don't want to sit with something that's uncomfortable. Um, So to feel like no matter what I did, I couldn't be successful. And then on top of it, have some complex about, well, this wasn't supposed to be an issue. This is supposed to be what I'm designed for. Right. It was, it was really hard and it really, really dampened my self-worth. And my Mm -hmm. reason for being alive, I really felt tied to the fact that I was a failure for a very long time. And Mm -hmm. that's the section of the book that I think I would have been like moved by during my infertility struggle. If somebody would have just taken the five minutes to sit down and say, Hey, just because this isn't happening, doesn't mean you're not worthy. Yeah. I think
2: I was in also in denial for a lot of my journey, like Mm-hmm. I'm not in like <laughs> it's gonna not happen eat. like yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah like it's not gonna you know it's not gonna be me um but yeah I don't know I just that was that was really all I was gonna say about that I just think that it took me a long time to come to terms with like being okay and once I was like okay well we have a good life like we can live this life forever and be yeah. fine Um. I think that is what started my healing journey yeah and I think that was like tremendous in flipping my mindset from like oh my my only job in this world is to be a mom yeah right to like no it's not actually like that's it can be if that is what you would like to be you absolutely yeah. some people are fully meant for it but that doesn't have to be
0: yeah what your energy is a hundred percent yeah, <laughs> But I do like the arrangement of the book because you go through, you connect with us, you share your story, you connect with lies that we, like in reality, the lies you tell yourself, maybe society, yeah. but mostly yourself. And then you kind of move into, this is how I'm healing. So you talk about setting boundaries at the beginning, next section. Yeah. This is how you start reclaiming your life and setting boundaries with your purpose, with your time, with your treatment and your communication, and then with your partner. I yeah. really like the treatment and the partner part. I feel like those yeah. were a little unique to share and highly important. So let's briefly talk about both of those.
1: Sure. I had, a I had a good friend of mine. Who's a counselor review my book a few times and it was uh, her suggestion to elaborate on those areas. And it, I was like, Oh wow, that really is making me think too. Um, but it's true. Like the boundaries are in your treatment. Like I think, You know, it sounds like each of you have come to this experience yourselves, where you're like you're going, and then you're like you just know you're done, or you just like, for sure, you know what? This is like you just cannot keep going in this direction. I didn't know if I would ever come to that point. Like at the start, I'm like literally like, all right, here we go, and I was like flying through the treatments and like like at some race, but I'm like you tell me what to do, boom, I'm doing it. Like watch out, this is gonna happen. And then I was just like, I'm so tired. Like after we did our first round of IVF that I was like, I literally do not know if I can do this again. I've never, I don't think come to the end of myself in a scenario in life before like that, where I'm just like, I'm, I can't actually carry on. Like that was a unique experience even in and of itself. And then we gave it some time, revisited it. And then we felt like, okay, we'll do it one more time. And then that will be the end. And it was just like, yeah. At some point, there has to just be a line where you are honoring yourself, and if your body and your mind and your soul are saying no, one or the other partner, like it's got to work together. If you're in a partnership going towards this, but yeah, there's a
2: line. Yeah, I used to like preach a lot. I feel like I'm, I've gotten further and further removed from my infertility journey, so. I don't talk about it as nearly as much anymore, but I used to like make sure to say there is no shame in quitting. Like, you know, your body, you know, your mind, you know what you can take and it is okay to quit. Like at any point, if you do not feel like it is serving you.
0: Yes. And I think one thing we've both worked really hard towards is stop justifying why we made the decision to stop And part of my journey for that is because I keep meeting with people who are done trying, who are just coming to that realization, who just feel like it's, it's done. And all of a sudden they feel like they're losing friends or, you know, Hmm. counterparts in their journey because all these people can't give up hope. So if you're saying you're done trying, you sound like you're the anti-hope, right? And I, I have found this huge gap in support for our friends that, it's, it's enough and that's okay. Yeah. And they're choosing to love them. And I think the infertility community as a whole, whether you're still actively trying or not, we need to support each other a little bit more in this area where no matter where you where you end up, we still yeah. understand each other. We still support each other. We should lean on each other, right? We shouldn't yeah. feel ashamed. I also, yeah, I also want to say, I think it's a, a little bit a uh, societal problem as well.
2: Um, because I feel like there's always like, okay, what are you going to do now? Like, are, are you going to go adopt? Are you going to pursue surrogacy? Like, what is your next step? There's never like, it's okay to stop. Like, it's okay to just stop.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We talk about that a lot. And it's a weird trend in our, our groups that our societies have been really focusing on like TV movies and books where representation really matters for the infertility community. And Um, While we're happy for anyone that ends up to be a parent, if that's their dream and whatever manner that is, we also need to communicate that there's alternatives. So I think empowerment on owning your journey, owning your treatment plan, saying it's enough, even if the doctors aren't saying it. I ran into that in July when I went in for excision surgery, asking for a hysterectomy for a medical reason and got told, Oh, I think you should try again by a medical professional. I was like, Hmm well, mentally I won't survive a loss. So are you still recommending I give that risk? Like it's okay to own your treatment. It's okay to advocate for yourself. And it's okay to know where your limits are, even if on paper, they want you to go somewhere else. And I love that you, you made that a section of your book.
1: Yeah. And at the end of my, at the end of my like fertility treatment journey, my very last like embryo my doctor was amazing and he was just like, okay, we're doing this long protocol. You're going to be put into menopause. You're going to, that's going to take six weeks. I'm like, I just, I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm just going It was a phone conversation. I'm like, I'm just going to interrupt you here. I'm done. So I'm not doing that. And like, I, it was just clear, like my, everything inside me screaming, not a hope. Am I doing what this person's telling me to do? So I'm like, so what's the least invasive without reduce, without like removing the possibility of it being successful. Um, and then I'm going to do that. <laughs> and I'm right. not, like, I want to get whipped through this as fast and easy as possible because I'm so done. And I felt like, I felt good about taking, like just taking the reins. Like, no, this is, this part's going to be on my terms and I'm closing this out.
2: Yeah, and that's amazing. Because a lot of people are just like, okay, like whatever, whatever you say, and like the stress on your body to be put yeah. into menopause, and then yeah. be expected to carry a, a pregnancy, like that is just no. Yeah. The whole thing is wild to me.
0: I have my own thoughts of it now. We, we have opinions, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah. no, seriously, props to you for advocating. And that's that's a topic I have outlined for a future episode. I have a friend that once she's in a spot, she's healed and she wants to talk about it. I'd love her to get on because fighting with the infertility clinic and ending her treatments and discussing her eggs and all this fine print that she's now getting PTSD and shock from because emotionally she's calling the end of it, you know, and it keeps getting thrown back in her face from a medical standpoint. We, We have a lot of areas to improve in the way we're treated during the infertility process. And Um, whether you end it with a successful pregnancy or another means of parenthood or if you end it because you're done and you're going to accept child loss and childlessness you should get to do that with grace and so yeah we could talk forever about how everybody could be more empathetic we just want to hug everyone (laughs)
1: we just want to hug everyone I
0: just want to hug everyone yeah me too the other part and I know bees eats this section up um because it's it's her love language but you really go into depth about protecting your partner. And I know Mm -hmm. you talk about your partner life in this, but I do think it's very important for us to talk about both, you know, people in the relationship actually supporting each other and seeing each other's pain, because it's sometimes hard to look outside your own pain. So I thought this was another beautiful added chapter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's an important part. There's a lot of, um, challenges. just like, Inherently take place if it's like uh, a male female partnership. Just by nature of the one person, it's really heavily put on them and then not so much for the other partner. And so that alone can just create this dynamic that becomes challenging. But a good friend of mine who at the start of our journey was 10 years into her journey and she had shared with me, like, you chose your partner first. So if you're in a partnership, like, you chose your partner first. And so that just does need to be a priority and it was helpful for me because as it's going through, I'm like, oh, I can see how this can be challenging or I yeah. can see how this can create dynamics that make it challenging. And then I've seen, you know, relationships really be dismantled over in fertility. Yeah, um, a lot. You can see why, like you can see if you're not really protecting that or having a level of like real understanding and communication with each other throughout the journey, it'd be tough.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I um I really tried to protect my husband from my own feelings too, which was really mm. the wrong thing to do. I mean, it really was. But we didn't. I didn't know that until we started yeah. communicating about it. Because I was, I was like, I don't need him to know how much pain this is causing me. Yeah. So because I don't want him to feel the same
0: way. So I think my own experience and experience of a lot of my friends, I feel like we are so sad and we're trying so hard to survive and then we're trying so hard to heal and to be okay uh we forget to nourish the partnerships and i know at least for me i was kind of like b i i took everything inward i didn't feel like i could be understood i was scared to express my fears and my thoughts because if i talked about how scared i was i was never gonna become a mom well then i'm putting into the universe and everybody's telling me just to have hope so like i'm not allowed to express it right all these internal yeah. dialogues, plus I'm being a strong girl trying to survive it, that I wasn't asking for help and my partner wasn't giving me help, right? They just thought I was I was surviving it. And they thought being hopeful was gonna help me at the same yeah. point. That made me shut down. And I got yeah. me and I got me and I got me only, and I'm not focusing on anyone else. And it's sad because there's a lot of friendships and a lot of relationships romantically that are directly impacted by infertility and a lot of them don't survive. And that is so sad. It's really so sad. It's more trauma that we have to heal. So protect your partner, protect yourself. Um, I think therapy in every sense is so important, but I honestly think there should be a couples therapy that is more advertised for anybody going through infertility or loss. That being said, we'll jump through to your final thoughts and keep this a little short and concise. I know we've been rambling for like 40 minutes, but B and I talk forever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask if you had to wrap it up, if somebody loves everything you said today, but maybe doesn't have time to sit down to read the book, which if you don't, you're doing yourself a bad service there. But yeah. <laughs> wrap up, what would be your advice for supporting people through infertility? How would you tell people to you know, help somebody they know?
1: I would just say compassion is huge um offering like self-compassion so like for the person going through it to be really self-compassionate so being the most compassionate version of yourself towards yourself you're going through a really hard time a really hard time like extreme stress mentally physically emotionally financially there's extreme stress going on for sure so speaking to yourself, treating yourself in the kindest way you can to how you would talk and speak to someone that you love. And the person supporting someone going through infertility, I would just say like, ask what support they need, because that changes. And there's no like, okay, someone's going through infertility, okay, do these things. Because one day it's that and the next day it's really not. And then the next minute it's something different. And so I think just giving them grace and asking how can I support you with where you're at right now and do you want me to ask you or do you want to be the one to bring up um, what you're going through
0: that's beautiful yeah.
2: i think those are all good i also would yeah add to that don't try and fix it like do not yeah. try and offer me yeah. your alternatives
0: <laughs> hey betsy please don't did you did you ever just um Hope and keep positive thoughts. I hear yeah, that's the best the time, of us out there. <laughs> thoughts and
2: prayers always.
0: Oh, always. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember who yeah. did it, but B the other day got even asked. Uh, I guess that was a couple months ago now. Got asked about if you're gonna have kids, and I was like, "Were they gonna give you your uterus? Like, yeah, yeah. This strangers point, are I, just I, like, don't have a uterus. You still do it. I <laughs> I don't I
2: don't have a uterus, ma'am. <laughs> like, I, I think." Uh, <laughs> I, I think she said you could still change your mind. And yeah, I was that was like, it. Wait, we, well,
1: no, we're good. <laughs> Someone said that to you. You can yes, still change yes. your mind. Uh, yes. Wow. People just have no clue. It's no. So
0: it's so like, silly because that was my my decision, right? I mean, now, yeah. now and it's my decision, but it was no idea
2: <laughs> what I've gone through to get to the point where I'm at. So no. it's just bananas to even say something like that
0: I just love I want- um drop the mic moments Betsy will always drop the mic and be like if, if they're worth their d- response like huh, where's my uterus like I'd be it's like oh this conversation
2: uterus. Jump back in my body yes <laughs> miraculously
1: heal itself first of all yes I can remember it was a Friday afternoon I was seeing my last patient of the day I had just that day or the day before found out that my, I think it was my third IUI was uh, negative. My testing was negative and, you know, just in work mode, boom, 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 getting through my work day. And it's like my last patient of the day saying, before, she stopped me before she so just like, leave my office. And then she stopped and was like, so when are you going to have babies? And I'm just thinking, I, what? I was so caught off guard. I'm like, oh, oh, you know, we'll see. And she's like, cause you're not getting any younger. <sighs> and I was like, first of all, I'm your medical provider. In what way do you think this is appropriate?
2: Yeah, and zero. Like,
1: zero <laughs> ways. And at the time I was literally in my twenties. I think I was 28, let's say. So I'm just like, oh, okay. This is so wrong on so many levels. Do you think from this so conversation, Right now I'm gonna start trying because you know what? You, you better get me.
0: out the door because I better go home and get pregnant right now.
1: <laughs> yes. 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 People
0: are just wild
2: and what they think they advise what advice they think they can give you. It's just
0: it's insane. When I have these type of discussions, like who's gonna take care of you, you're never gonna know love. I never come at it like I'm a lost mom, I had infertility, blah blah blah. I come at it as who are you? Because it is your choice as an individual yeah to choose if you want children or not and then sometimes that choice is not yours for actuality right, right? and nobody knows yeah. where you come from and I don't need to justify my pain for you to accept no. me no I'm just gonna come in like a bowl in a china shop and say that's cute just yeah try again let's see the we kindness everyone's gonna be
2: kind to each other everybody's gonna be nice we'll find gonna a childless old person and
0: hug
1: them <laughs> yeah
0: Yeah. That being said, tell our people how they can follow you, where they can find your book. Um, We get questions from them, we'll shoot it over to you and let you answer on our stories. But yeah, share share your things.
1: My Instagram handle is infertility lies, which is the title of my book, and my book can be found on Amazon.
0: Yeah. I will link both of those in the show description for you guys. You can click on it, go check it out. And I appreciate you taking the time out to talk to us today. Happy to thank
1: you so much. And it's so meaningful. My, the purpose of me writing the book was to support other women. And and, and honestly, just hearing like one person say that it's like, it was worth the effort of putting it out. So I really appreciate that feedback. Um, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Of yeah, course. Thank you
2: for being here. B what has this been this has been the best episode yet thank you Karen for being here <laughs> of the nacha mama pod bye, bye.